Before we get started, I want to share with you that I forgot to give you experience points for something, and that was the fight that you had with the Ritter in town. Even though you didn't actually defeat them, you did defeat them. And so I'm going to give you three experience points for that. (laughs) And I had intended to fix that at the beginning of the last episode, and it slipped my mind. That put me over. So I'm going to be leveling up. Leveling up. What? Are you really? I'm like, you, you did not what? have... What? I was like, you awesome. did not have 97 <laughs> points last. I was like 60-something. So that puts you, what, 67? 67, 67 yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's always like a dozen points ahead of me. A baker's dozen? Please make it a baker's dozen. Dunkin'? Donuts. It's not a competition, Which is guys. fine. It's, it's fine. If, I mean, even if when you upgrade, that helps us out. So who cares, really? Especially this next time when I level up, I got something chosen that is going to be... Choice. <laughs> All right. In this episode, we will be using BattleBards sound effects. Check them out, battlebards.com. And if you're signing up for a Prime account, be sure to use our code STACK to get a discount. Follow a band of intrepid friends as they seek to understand the world changing around them and as they work together to face a growing evil. Enter a world of adventure and mystery in Bardalon. Previously on Stack of Dice. The afternoon is wearing on. There is a group of dwarves down below and in the distance, a departing group of Ritter. I believe they're friendly. I can't really explain what I just saw. I don't know who I saw, but I think it's all right. And she dashes out the door. Finally... As the light begins to dim toward the end of the day, Northry stands up a little bit in his stirrups, points, and he says, Skyhome, Tira, you're going to love this. The wall of the mountains rises imposingly before you. The gray slopes are sheer and smooth, but the high peaks are lost in soft gray cloud. At the top of this last hill rises the sturdy walls of a fortress perched on the edge of a deep chasm. Coming from a chamber to your left, about halfway down, a small group of dwarves steps out, including a very richly dressed one, with a beard and a simple crown on his head. You are most welcome to the Skyhope. I am Andvari, son of Andwaru, son of Anvarda, at your service, and he bows so low that the tips of his beard brushes the stone. As the feast progresses, a discreet dwarf comes in and leans over Anvari and whispers in his ear. I see the look in your eyes. What has happened? Also in Dwarvish, it is a long story, a troubling one. We have had some incidents recently, and I'm afraid that you come to us at a troubled time. Dwarves missing in the delve, Injuries, unexplained things that we cannot begin to understand. And now it seems that we have more injuries. I do not wish to trouble you, but this is concerning to me. And he guides you into a room. It's a large rectangular-ish chamber. There are several beds that are occupied by still forms. Some of them are still writhing a bit on the beds. 
Hello, Stackers. We want to thank you for joining us as we continue our ongoing 5th edition D&D adventure. If you are interested in corresponding with us in some way, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter and Instagram at stackodice, or you can email us at stack.o.dice at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. And of course, as always, if you have not yet rated and reviewed us on iTunes, please do so. That makes it easier for other people to find us. As a quick note, we did have a big spike in listens at the end of this month as uh, somebody from the UK decided to tune in, and I think got our entire series, which was nice. That was a, a nice present at the end of October. So thank you for listening and feel free to spread the word. I'm Rhett, the DM. And with me is Meredith as Tyr Ironstag, Michael as Womber Bash Benson Mom, and Catherine as Farron. Who's ready to tell a story? Me. me. Tira, we're going to leave you in the infirmary for the moment. Farron and Womber Bash, it has been a few minutes since you saw Tira discreetly leave the room with the king. And at the end of the episode, last time, Womber Bash, you said you were completely. Involved in your food, yeah, you are worried about what's going on directly in front of you. But Farron, you noted that you didn't like the separation. So I'm going to leave it up to you to figure out what to do now. How much time has passed? I'm going to say maybe five minutes. I start looking around, a little uneasy. She hasn't returned. So I'm actually going to get up and start walking to the doorway of this room. Mm -hmm. Kind of see if I can see where she went. The latecomer to this feast, a younger dwarf whose beard doesn't quite reach down to his chest yet, hurries over. Uh, I'm sorry, where are you going? I'm trying to find my comrade. Ah, yes. I can take you to her. Would your friend like to join you? Let me check. I walk over. Bash, let's go check on Tira. I'm eating right now. She's been away for a while. I'm getting concerned. Uh, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be right here. If you need me, just, just call. All right. Uh, this way, please. And he steps out into that vast pillared hallway again. Leads you past the iron baskets full of flaming logs. And then into the same chamber that I described last time. It's row upon row of dwellings that are carved into the side of this massive shaft of a cavern. Uh, And then after a moment, he guides you around a pool that's being fed by these roaring waterfalls that tumble down into the water of the central part of this room and into a passageway. Tira, back to you. The room is unnerving. There are small shuffling sounds as the various figures on the beds writhe about. One of them whimpers. And then a voice seems to whisper in your head. Uh, You find yourself drawn to the center of this room where there's a, it looks like it had been a stalagmite growing from the floor. And before you know it, your hand is actually reaching out and you place it on the smooth contours of the stone. And as you do, the music of your stone flares to life in your head and you notice your other hand is glowing blue. Almost as though your hand is guided now, and in, in a way you can actually feel your mother's arms reaching around you and putting their ha- her hands on yours and guiding it to the person that seems to be writhing the most on a bed. And I would like for you to roll an eight-sided die. 
And what is your constitution modifier? Four. All right, so add four to whatever you roll. Seven. Total of seven? Yeah. A couple things happen all at once. As soon as you touch this dwarf that's on the bed, you feel your mother's hands almost forcibly ripped away. And you're drawn backwards into your mind. It's like the the room around you explodes forward and you're being sucked backwards. And suddenly you're choking on dust. You are surrounded by the noise and the tremor of rock falling. You can hear your mother screaming. And then in a moment, you're hurled back forwards and almost stumble into the bed as you regain your awareness of the world around you. Basically, what I'm going to do is give you an ability. It is called, I'm calling it stone singing. Stone singing. When you are in contact with unfinished stone embedded in the earth, Tira can attune herself to the earth to draw forth healing magic. As an action, you can heal for 1d8 plus your constitution modifier. You can use this ability up to three times per long rest, but each use forces you to relive your mother's death. Oh, man. And mechanically, what that means is you will take a level of exhaustion. Okay. So right now, you're going to have disadvantage on ability checks and saving throws. Okay. If you take another level of exhaustion, that compounds and compounds. uh, And basically, you remove exhaustion through a long rest. You go up one step. Okay. One less step each, each long rest you take. Got it. Once Tira comes back to the present... <gasps> what just happened? All right, I'm going to pause there. Farron, your guide says, we're almost there. And then I you feel... I have a feeling about this for some reason. I don't know why. When suddenly you feel the earth tremble. It's not strong, but it's enough that you notice it. And then you round the last corner into this room in time to see Tira almost leap away from this stalagmite sticking up in the middle of this room full of what look like hospital beds. Tira, what just happened? Are you okay? I whip around at the sound of Farron's voice. Now, this is just a point of clarity. I'm a little confused. I just jumped back from the stalagmite. I didn't touch a guy? You did. Your mother's hands guided you right, to touch right. him. Right, right. So he was just very near it, mm-hmm. I guess. Okay. I thought maybe that was just all in my head to get the picture of what I could do. But okay, that actually happened. I whip around at the sound of Farron's voice. And I'm picturing my face is just blanched. I don't, I don't know. Something happened when I touched this stone. And then I touched this dwarf. And she looks down at the dwarf. Do I notice anything different about him after touching him? The writhing has abated considerably. There are blotches on the skin where the skin actually appears to be dark and leathery. And that does not seem to have been affected at all. But at least whatever was causing the immediate discomfort has been reduced. Does he appear conscious? Uh, drifting in and out of lucidity. Um, another point of clarity. Is this going to happen basically any time I touch them or do I have to kind it's of... It's controlled. Okay, okay, okay. Especially with the, uh, the effects of it. I, you need to have control over when that happens. Because okay. I was thinking of grabbing him. I didn't want to win. I was like, every time I touch the guy, I was like, yeah. oh, He turns oh. to gold under your fingers, right? Yeah. Tira turns to look down and inspect the dwarf. He said that he seems to be writhing less and he's drifting in and out of consciousness. So she's going to 
take him by the shoulders and kind of turn him to face her, try and make sure she has his attention. Look at me. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Look at me. His head turns slightly towards you and you gasp. His face is looking misshapen. (gasps) At a loss, trying to rifle through which question she wants to ask first. What is your name? Who are you? The eyes roll back. Wait, stay with me. And he slumps in your arms. Wake up! And she shakes him a little bit. Look at me! Listen to me! Nothing. Ugh! And I mean, it wasn't like she had lifted him straight up and had to throw him back down, but kind of forcibly releases him. Looks around. Is there another bed nearby him? There are other beds. I go to the next one. And take him by the shoulders, him or her, or whatever, I don't know. Yeah. This one is a, a younger dwarf. Uh, she is crying. I, I go to her and less forcibly take her by the shoulders and try and get her to look at me. She looks. And she's conscious? Well, she's, she's conscious, crying, yeah. <laughs> she's conscious and does not seem to have some of those visible indicators that the first dwarf did. Less forcibly, a little more gently. Turns her to face me. Can you hear me? I can hear you. What's your name? Sorry, did you not give her a name? (laughs) Hang on. She just whimpers. (laughs) Idra. Idra, I'm Tira. What happened to you? Why are you in this infirmary? I think it was the, the crystals. I think they're changing us. The crystals. Is it gonna, is it gonna change me? I don't know. I My don't brother's know. already gone. He, he, he's gone. Your brother? Yes. Gone how? Where? I don't know. I don't know. Is she leathery? Not visibly. All right. If you have anything you want to try to, Farron, you're yeah. welcome to. <laughs> I mean, while all this was going on, obviously, I ran toward her. Uh-huh. And I'm just like watching like what is going on. What is the name of the dwarf she's with? Idra. Idra. No. The other oh, one the king. Oh, the king. Uh, uh, hang on. Let me see if I can remember it. It's not Northery. That was the guy who led us down here. He was like, oh, because he named like four names when he introduced himself. Son of, son of, son of. I, Wadu. Like Dumbledore. <laughs> I forget what his name was. <laughs> Erdu, son of Ugre, son of something. Okay, I forget. I'm sorry. What's his name? Andvari. Andvari. <laughs> I was close. In that they had letters in the like name. <laughs> Andvari. 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 That's the king. Andvari. That's the king that led me down here. Andvari. Wait. <laughs> Andvari. Hey, Anvari. <laughs> Anvari. <laughs> the Ohio is coming out. Uh, he he has knelt by the bed and is trying to comfort this young dwarf oh, also. Oh, okay. You're fine. Go ahead. Well, while she was doing that thing with the first person, I wanted to run over that and be like, what's going on? What, what are you doing? Why are, these, why are these people here? What's wrong with them? That is what we are trying to figure out. Ever since we opened the new shaft, strange things have been happening, and I was attempting to show Tira some of the troubles that we have seen. It has been much worse. What you see here is a small fraction of those who have been affected. 
He's close enough for me to hear that? Yes. His voice, you know, in the way of leaders, mm-hmm. carries mm-hmm. through the room. And what have you done with the ones who were worse? Where are they? We have done nothing. You know what I mean. He gives you a a long glance, and then he says, They have disappeared, and we fear they may have taken others with them. We suspect that they may have gone back into the shaft because the entrance is collapsed behind them. What shaft? Where is that? It is deeper down, but not far from here. Well, let's go, and she's going to start heading out. Take me to it. Follow me, please. Wait, Tira, what about Bash? He's fine where he is, apparently. I've got to get to the bottom of what's going on. Something terrible is happening here. I need to get to the bottom of it. Right. keeps going. That's why we need to get Bash. We shouldn't separate ourselves. It's too dangerous. I can go get him, says your guide. Thank you. Fine. <laughs> Thank you. Someone Thank with some you. kind of reason. Yeah. It's like, Thank you. <laughs> Hello. Finally. <laughs> no. Like Michael. <laughs> Thank you. So he scurries off, disappears, and Anvari leads the two of you further down the hall and then past some branches and a couple other little things and then stands at last in front of a jumbled pile of stone from which the ragged ends of wooden support beams jut like broken bones. The devastation of the tunnel stands in marked contrast to the finished appearance throughout the rest of the delve. Some of the timber is twisted and scarred as though it's been wrenched apart by some ferocious beast. Over everything is a fine dust that has settled in a chalky film. The smell of it tickles at your nostrils. A small group of dwarves works at removing the stone, although they move somewhat listlessly. It's apparent that they're reluctant to remove the barrier of safety between them and whatever lies beyond. Wait, stop! Don't remove any more. And Tira steps forward to put a hand on the wall of stone. Okay. Your hand touches the familiar grit of stone. You're not getting anything from it. I I don't know what you're hoping to get from it. Well, she's thinking back to, she touched a stalagmite mm-hmm. and had this huge, this crazy vision and felt something from it. And she's trying to put together the pieces in her head. It's starting to sound very much like there's a pillar or remnants of a pillar, something. These are clearly star stones that are having this effect on them. And this shaft, she's, a, she's wondering if the next pillar might be back there. So she's assuming that if she touches this stone, she's going to have a similar vision to what she had on the stalagmite. And uh, I guess it's a surprise to find that that's not the case. You're not getting anything like that. She stands with her hand on the stone for, you know, a good 30 seconds and really kind of leaning in, trying to reach out the best she knows how without really having much control over this, uh, this music. When nothing at all happens, again, she's, pushes off from the stone and turns around to look at the dwarves who were, I guess, trying to move them away. Were you working in this area when it collapsed, or have you been in this area before it was blocked up? They shake their heads. No. Has everyone who worked in that area ended up in the infirmary? Many of them. Is there anyone who worked in that area who's not in the infirmary? Most of them have gone. Gone as in disappeared, like you said? Disappeared. These are the miners talking to you. I turn to look at Farron. I don't really know what I want to say out loud in front of the rest of them. Why don't you both give me a nature check? Or survival? I got an eight total. Okay. 
23. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that'll do. <laughs> Tira, as you kneel down while the others are talking, giving, feeding you information, mm-hmm. you're, you're also actively trying to gather information from the scene. And mm-hmm. you notice half of a footprint, uh, what looks like an unshod footprint, that is partially covered by stone. This footprint was there before the stone fell down on it. Somebody or a group of somebodies has gone through what's behind this uh, rockfall. Lomberbash, you are working on your most recent... His third leg of mutton. <laughs> yeah, whatever it is. When you see that same dwarf, the messenger, burst in, and he makes a beeline for you. Uh, excuse me, sir, you, you should probably come with me. What's going on? Your friends are looking at where the rockfall happened and where a lot of our troubles seem to come from. Could you please follow me? Bash reaches over with his left hand and grabs a loaf of bread. Mm -hmm. And with his right hand, he grabs a leg of something. I don't know if it's a turkey leg or a mutton leg. The the dwarf looks offended. (laughs) (laughs) Grab my leg. (laughs) I I pick up uh, this meat and I get up from the table and walk with him. Okay. Uh, He is hurrying along, making surprising speed for someone of such short stature. With such little legs. Yeah, but you make your way and find yourself before too long shuffling up behind where Tira is crouched down, uh, examining the floor, and Farron is standing back, I guess, and more observing and trying to take in everything. What's going on? I see a footprint here. How recently did people come through here? When did this rock slide happen? It happened earlier this morning. Just today? Yes. We would not leave such a mess unattended. Of course, of course you wouldn't. Do you want me to help move those rocks? Well, if you can tear yourself away from your leg of whatever. (laughs) So I'm going to take my food and like stuff it in my bag. Uh Hit tear on the head with it. And I'm going to head over and uh, I'm using my arm to wipe my Uh lips. Uh, I've got basically crumbs and grease and juices all in my beard and around my lips. I'm just ruining it. And I'm going to head over and start lifting up and moving these rocks. Okay. Once the dwarves see you start doing that, they begin to help shift stone also. I was going to say Tira then steps forward to continue the excavation. Farron helps as well and asks, well, how many people went in today? We don't know. At that, Tira stops for a second looking surprised. How can you not know how many people were working in this area? Our underdelve master has disappeared also. He was the one who traditionally keeps track of that sort of thing. We try, but people are disappearing faster than we can figure out who is affected by this. Struggling between sympathy and frustration, Tira turns back to the wall and continues to excavate the rock. You're picking up big slabs of stone, Tira. Wamberbash, you're, you're working at hefty pieces, and Farron, are you helping also? Yeah. yeah, so you're all three pitching in. With the dwarves' help, you manage to make very good progress. Uh, you unwedge some of the, the timber that has fallen, and before you know it, the narrow crack in the wall behind is exposed. You do notice some odd stone pieces, uh, almost metallic. They glint at the edges of the opening. Whatever lies beyond is now exposed. Walmer Bash just walks like right on through the door. He okay. walks in. And in the rock, you said it looks almost metallic, but not quite? Inside the crack, yes. Almost like if you're looking at it from your side, looking into the shaft beyond, it's natural stone mm-hmm. and then a layer, a vertical layer of what almost looks like metal stone. 
and then more natural stone beyond that. So it's almost like a vertical, like a wall has been shoved straight down into the mountain. So not a natural occurrence or a natural vein of like, say, copper. It's hard to say. Yeah. Gold. It, it doesn't look like any metal you've ever seen, Farron, and you would know. Right, right. Tira rushes forward as Bash starts to walk through and says, wait, wait, let me go through first. Okay. You are far enough in Womber Bash where air rushes up from below, just as you're being yanked back. And as you're being, I don't know, are you pulling him back or are you just- Yeah, just wanting to get back around him, think, figuring this is, this is a collapsed delve mm-hmm. of, with which I have more experience. And she just wants to be the first in too. Okay. The last thing you notice before you're pulled backwards uh, is you almost stepped off of a very small ledge and there are glints of purple light up and down the shaft. Oh, this is a big place. Your voice echoes hollowly throughout the length of the massive chamber. Farron walks over to that wall Mm -hmm. of interesting rock and without even thinking, she just goes... What's this? And she touches it. So I don't know if anything's going to happen. Nothing happens. It feels cool under your hand. It looks very even. Not like you would expect a vein to look like in stone, where you have, you know, just it it kind of starts and it peters out eventually. This looks like it was inserted somehow. And does anyone answer? No one answers. They all shrug and look uncomfortable. There is a slight glow in here, though. In other words, could, can you see or... Yeah, further up, it's like a purple haze. Okay. Little Jimmy. Jimmy <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, but it's seems to... It's the kind of light, and I'm sure you've seen lights like this, where it actually accentuates the darkness rather than provides illumination. Like a misty kind of... Yeah, yeah, it's like definitely a haze. Like on the other side of a mist or yeah. something. Mm-hmm. Wamber Bash instantly ex- uh, sets uh, seven side points. And he jumps off the side and has wings now. And I'm just going to see how far down this goes. Okay. You spiral down and down and down. It just keeps going. Once you get maybe 10 feet down, uh, there are significant crystal clusters growing from the sides of the shaft. Presumably anything down to that level was easy pickings, and so the dwarves who broke into this area had already started gathering, uh, harvesting crystals out of it, and so they've not been in here for long. Uh, So you're going down, and you see more thick clusters, almost like like geode. Boy, there's there's a lot of starstone. They're big ones down here. You don't really see much of an end below. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going down. And you just said starstones, like for real. Yeah, call them starstones. That's what they look like to me. You spiral down, and after another minute or so, you do see below you a natural floor. Is it flat? Rough, but flat, yeah. Is it rec- is, is what I'm standing on recognizable? It's stone. It's not star stone, it's just stone. Okay. I found the bottom! How far down is it? Wait, how far down is it? I, I, I don't know! A fathom. (laughs) (laughs) This is a thousand feet? I don't know. Um, About a hundred and some odd feet, I guess. Well, what are you seeing down there? It's just stone. It's like a flat ground. It's just stone. Yeah, it just ends. 
looking up, you do see from, from the ledge where you started, it was not visible, but having jumped out and then spiraled down into this chamber below, you can see that there are actually very narrow, cleverly made steps that ring the exterior mm. and they go up and down. So someone has gone all the way down. Yeah, judging from the amount of dust you run your finger on it, it's thick. I'm going to see what's up. So I'm going to just jump off and just start f- flapping my wings and okay. go, go up this time. Are you able to carry somebody when you're flying? Even with fear strength? Because I've done it before. Have you? In this game, yeah. Okay. You want him to pick you up? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say before he got all the way to the bottom, I was going to be like, wait, Bash, why don't you take me down there with you? And you're not going to mention the stairs. Well, that would take way longer than just flying up. Yeah, I'm, yeah. No, mention them. Oh. I'm, well, I'm flying up. I'm like, I, I'm essentially passing you up, and I'm going to be like, hey, I saw something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> something. Yeah. Um, but I'm just going to continue like heading up. I'm going to pass them up and just keep going up, okay. essentially. A, a blur of wings and mystic goes streaking by you as he spirals up also. There is a definite coldness radiating from above. Is it a flat ceiling or is it yeah. more, does it look like natural or it's not natural. natural? Oh. Yeah. So as you make your way up and up and up and up, and then you find at the top where the last step is, there is a yawning entrance to a cave. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna head down to, to the rest of the party and okay. then um Hey, I, I I saw some like steps. I, they look kinda old, I guess. There's a lot of dust on them. But they go all, there's some down that go all the way to the bottom, and there's also ones that go all the way up, and I think there's a hole up there. There's like a, some type of a cave. That may be where the others are disappearing to. Take me up there. Well, there's steps. Where are the stairs in relation to where we are? Because yeah. it's a small ledge. Do we have to walk around? Well, walking a, st- a small stone ledge won't be hard for Tira. Yeah. It's fine. It's navigable. Okay. okay. All right. I'm going to head up and I'll wait for you up, up there at the top. I'm going to light a torch Do up there. Do not go in without us. I won't. The steps, you can see upward steps. It's kind of like an Indiana Jones where mm. you look from the side and you see the bridge. But when you come back mm-hmm. to front, it's merged completely with the, uh, with the stone of the shaft. Do your keen sense of looking at that craftery and stones <laughs> oh, and, my and stone see how cunning. long this has been. When was this made? Maybe stuff like that. Well, I think the the thick dust on it is supposed to indicate that it wasn't just made by the people who are disappearing. Okay. Like it's been There's here no, for a while. No indication of footsteps in the dirt. Well, or I dust. can look. Going up, yes, there are indications of disturbed dust. All right, Lots. as Tira is running up the stairs because she takes off. People have definitely come this way recently. There are footprints in the dust on the stairs, and she speeds up. Okay, the walk takes quite a bit longer as you would expect. At last, though, you stand on the ledge where Bash is impatiently waiting for you. There's a torch there so you guys can see. He should be standing there eating. (laughs) Just waiting and eating. Yeah, every now and then as you walk up, you see a bone come flying I'm I'm done eating. That's how (laughs) long it's taken for you guys to get up here. (laughs) Well, I asked you to carry me, and you're like, well, there's stairs. You come to the last step. It levels out onto another narrow platform, and the mouth of the cave opens like a gash in the living stone. Footprints... Mar the dust here, a confused mix of treads, all in bare feet with elongated toes, and is that the mark of claws? They head into the darkness of the cave beyond, stretching quickly into long, pacing steps that would seem to indicate a swift but comfortable pace. Two other things come to you from the darkness beyond, a thick smell, almost animal in nature, 
and an undercurrent of cold air that feels frigid but also does much to cut through that stench. Is did Anvari who who's actually up here? Just the three of you. I think it's just us. Just yeah. the three of us. Okay, go ahead. Tira took the lead this time. <laughs> you still have your wings? Yeah. Okay. These tracks look strange. Dwarven footprints should not look like this. These look like my feet. <laughs> With claws? <laughs> your toenails going <laughs> <laughs> Um, Dwarven footprints should not look like this. Looking up ahead with... With my dark vision. Can I see to the end of this or where this might be leading? It just plunges further into the stone. Um, even with your dark vision, you're at a distance, you're making out more dim shapes, mm-hmm. stone formations. Oh. Any glowing stones up here? No. Can I tell where the, the breeze is coming from? Judging from the freshness of it, it is an, it's coming from an outside source. And in fact, the further you plunge into this cave, uh, the more at a distance you can hear what sounds like howling wind. So presumably the exit to this cave to an outside location is growing closer with each step. Right. Okay. Um, so I have a danger sense of traps. Nothing is jangling. Okay. The only other thing I can think of would be uh, a stone cunning check to see if that would help me determine the, the direction and eventual end of this pathway. As you bend to examine the stone, you too feel that increasing cold to your front, and your ears pick up that howling sound also. It's it's easy to tell that you're coming close to the end of this cave. And no sound of creatures or breathing or shuffling, just the wind. Just the wind. Well, I think we're getting close to the the end of this pathway, and she speeds up. Okay. You round one last bend in the cave, and there you find piles of drifted snow. Stinging pellets of ice flitter into your faces, forcing you to squint to see what lies outside. Ahead of you lies a narrow, deep draw that plunges ahead into a swirling wall of falling snow. You can't see more than probably 50 feet ahead. The sky above is gray and heavy, and a cruel wind searches your clothing for gaps. Tira stops short to prevent herself from just running off the edge. There, there's no edge. Oh, I, I'm, I'm imagining you said drifts of snow and we can look out and see 50 feet of swirling. You're, you're going out into a small valley. Considering that we've been going up and up and right. up for hundreds of feet, I thought we were coming out at the top of a mountain. You're near the top. Okay. But not at the top. This is like a, a natural pathway that with some finagling might lead to the top. I see. All right, well, then looking down at the snow on the ground, do those tracks continue? No, there are, is no sign of tracks out here, but given the, the rate of speed of the mm. wind and the fall of snow... They've it, probably been long since wiped away. Yeah. And of course, on the stone floor, there was not as much sign of footprints. This has to be the way that those who disappeared came. The tracks seem to just disappear into the snow. I was just going to ask, if I, if, I, if I do keen senses where my eyes and ears become more sensitive, would I be able to possibly hear um, any activity out there? By the way, I need to correct something. I, it's not seven to fly. It's only five to fly. So right now, if I take these two for keen senses, that's a full that's seven. seven. I'm taking those okay. Uh, you feel a tingling in your eyes and your ears, ears as the magic takes effect. One moment. At first, all you're catching is the sound of the wind, 
But then maybe very, very faintly, you hear the sound of some kind of guttural laughter that gets caught up by the wind and torn away from you. It seems very, very distant. I think I can, I can hear something out there. Some, there's some, there's some, there's something out there. A few of them. Can you fly in this weather? I'm just afraid I won't be able to see coming back, or and the wind is kind of, kind of gusty. It's probably close to twenty to thirty miles an hour up here. It would not make for pleasant flying. Mm-hmm. You could fly one direction. <laughs> yeah but there's there's, they're definitely out there they're definitely out there they seem far away though oh man i don't know if tira is i'm trying to decide what tira because i am torn between wanting to go back down and continue investigating the people in the infirmary or running off after the sound of this laughter that bash has and i'm trying to decide which tira would be inclined to you are standing there debating when a feeling of unimaginable dread falls over each of the three of you. I don't, this, I, I don't feel right. Something's going on. I don't feel right. There's a pulsing sensation that seems to come from further up the mountain, and you almost imagine that you can see a purple light. I would like each of you to make a wisdom saving throw. Tira, you're going to do so at disadvantage right. because of your exhaustion. Right. I have advantage on them okay. with this keen Go senses. for it. <laughs> 10 25 Gee, we I rolled a 2. I think snow went into my eye. <laughs> <laughs> Tira, your mind leaps back to the end of the battle on the plains of the Sea of Grass. And the body of Peter lying on the ground in the mud, lightning flashing all around, and leaning over him It's a dark figure, and as it moves and turns to look at you, you see that it's Farron. She is leaning over Peter's still warm body. Her greedy eyes are wide with joy at the sight of something she's holding in her hand. The turquoise of Peter's starstone is fading and starting to turn a deep scarlet. Light glows across her face as her eyes are looking at it. She grabs it, holds it exultantly, and says... How beautiful. And it's all mine. This fool obviously won't need it anymore. And then she stands, spits on Peter, and kicks him hard in the side. Bash. I was going to react to that, but go ahead. This is all happening simultaneously. Simultaneously. This is like a whole crux or something. I know, right? <laughs> this is not really happened. No, no, I know it's not. I know it's not, but I had a reaction all ready to go. Bash. There is a quick motion out of the corner of your eye that you catch, and you see Tira looking at you with great condescending pity on her face. She says, How pitiful you are. You always have to rely on magic. You can't even take care of yourself. You're no better than an animal. Then she laughs in your face, and then she starts snorting like a pig. Farron. Womberbash looks at you disapprovingly from through the snow. Disappointment is written all over his face. He sneers as he says, What have you even done to help us in this quest? You're in the way more than you're helping. Pathetic excuse for a warrior. (laughs) 
And let's react. I cut Wamberbast's head off. (laughs) (laughs) That was helpful. When Tira snaps back to herself, she, her eyes narrow to slits, and she turns to Farron and just roars and leaps at her and tackles her. Farron draws. Sorry. <laughs> this is not real, but I have to say it. Farron draws her. Wait, she has a sword, right? Yes, she has a long sword and, and points it at Wamberbash's neck and says, if you were any other man, I would kill you where you stand. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just embellishing you right here. Um, Sword. (laughs) Well, I hope you can draw that sword while you're being tackled by a dwarf. No, so I do draw my sword though, and I do point it at him, and I and I say, um, "Be careful what you say, Wamberbash." Okay, and Wamberbash, what is your reaction? I, I know Tira would never say that to me. And I'm just, I, I'm confused. I'm, I'm going to pretty much stick where I am and okay. just look at them and say, something's going on. Yeah. As Tira is tackling Farron and sees her drawing her sword as they go to the ground, then she has a hand on her wrist. Because mm-hmm. uh, now she's thinking, are you going to kill me and attack and take my stone like you took Peter's? You two, stop. She took Peter's stone. No, she didn't. It, it came to her. Don't you remember? Uh, wait, I- <laughs> Something's going on. Tira and Farron, I'd like for you to roll constitution saving throws. Again, with this advantage for you, Tira. Can I say that? I, I wanted to say that Blast. I dropped, I dropped <laughs> my, um, my sword. Sorry. After hearing Wamberbash, I dropped my sword. Okay. I dip my hands out, but I just drop it. Yeah. Because my mind is like just... Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say that Tira basically punched you backwards. So you are tangled together and mm-hmm. you have... Gone flying backwards into a, a, a snowdrift. So you're okay. you're trying to get yourself out. Tira is trying to push you further in. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying I'm on top of her trying to hold her down with her. I, I imagine I have the wrist of the hand that her of her sword hand. But I'm really not carrying the sword anymore. Right. Yeah. So you released it, it but I have your me. I have your arm yeah. down. All right, my but, uh uh it was a fourteen. Okay. I rolled a four. Okay. But Bash's words stop both of you from your your franticness his save on the on the wisdom saving throw has allowed him to stay a little more clear-minded mm-hmm. through this you're both going to take some psychic damage okay uh, you're both going to take 10 points of damage as the effects of something uh, are trying to reach into your mind you feel as though a a greasy hand is trying to wrap around your mind and squeeze it breathing heavily Tira kind of releases Farron's wrists and then, and then scrambles backward just to put some distance while this thing is still trying to take effect. What is happening to us? This is not real. It, 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 something's going on. This is not real. Please try to control yourselves. Tira is going to scramble back toward the opening of the mouth of the cave that they just came out of. Just sort of just crab walking, scrambling backwards. And we're just outside the mouth Yeah, you're of the just cave. outside. Since my rolls have been really bad, I'm just going to come and, and sit like, um, I can't really do it because my knee might lock, but you know how it, uh, like if I was sideways, it'd be like this with my legs. I'm going to sit like that. You're kneeling. You're kneeling. <laughs> is it kneeling? Is that what kneeling yeah, is? Okay, so I'm, gonna, I'm kneeling. I'm kneeling. <laughs> but my butt is on my feet. Yeah, you're you know? sitting on your knees. Yeah. And I'm just going to, because I don't like the way my head feels, and I know something's crazy, I'm just going to put my hands on, on my head and, and kind of look down because I'm having a really hard time with this. Yeah. Something's coming from up there. 
I think I can see a glow up, up, up there. Tyr puts a hand on the side of the cave wall to feel something solid and real right in front of her. That does seem to steady your nerves a little bit. And then she lifts her head to look in the direction that Bash is indicating. Do you think the pillar's over there? I don't know what's up there, but I don't, I don't feel good about this. And that's where we're going to end this episode. Mm, mm -mm. Okay. I'm going to give you another two experience points for seeing more of the Sky Home. And a couple more experience points for your role-playing through this. I appreciate the, uh, the reactions to the visions that you saw. And let's hear it for Norse Battle. Hmm. Let's see. <laughs> it's probably in-game... Like she's already received the benefits of it, but right. her ability to heal is pretty dope. But mm. yeah, yeah picking how come up, I picked can, that up? What's yeah, that? She, she picked it up and tried to use it. Sort of, yeah. Right at the entrance where there was the cave in, right? Yeah, I'll give you one. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I forced you into it, but yeah. <laughs> you did force me into it. Is impetuousness part of your character's nature because he, he just keep popping off stuff? Like I said, it's not really that. It's like I wanted to stop your guys' pain. I was actually no, referring you to you diving flying. down to the oh, bottom of the cave. I just wanted to move faster in the game. While I was watching or listening to you guys, and I'm, I know I'm eating, I'm sitting here, I'm like, this is taking a while. So yeah. I wanted to like... I'll, I'll be cleaning some of that up too. Okay. So that's, I wanted to push forward into the game. Yeah. Because I thought I think we could sit there and analyze everything for a so long time. So would that fall under the exploration or discovery extra points? Because you were like, I'm going to go fly and down you to discover the bottom of the cave, and you discovered and the, stairs. the stairs. Yeah, that's that's part of the oh, the experience. That's, that's our points. two points that we got mm. for seeing more of the sky home. Yeah. Okay, sounds good. Let's hear the recap. Tira is 58 points into level 11. Mm-hmm. Wamberbash is 71 points into level 11. Baron is 43 points into level 11. Great. Making good progress. And you are at the cusp of another pillar. And we'll see what happens next time right here at Stack of Dice. Bing, 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 bing. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what they said. Hey, everybody. He's looking for a tarot man doll. Yes. Yes. It's only the hottest Christmas toy ever. <laughs> These two are looking for a turbo man. <laughs> Something like that, maybe.